Hi, I'm Joel Applebaum, the Chief Content Officer for Ermi. And in this podcast, you will learn about a new generation of parametric insurance. And I'm so pleased to have here as our podcast guest today, Colin Harper. He's a Senior Business Development Manager at Descartes Insurance Solution Agency for North America. Hi, Colin. Thanks for being with us today. Hi, Joel. Thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to chat. Great. Hey, for those podcast listeners who were unable to attend the 2022 AgriCon, Colin, you gave a fantastic presentation on parametric insurance. It was entitled Frost, a Chilling Peril. And this was one of our first hybrid AgriCons. And Colin, you were definitely one of the reasons it was a success. Some comments from your session were great information, excellent topic, best breakout in years. Wow. So we thought this would make a great podcast for our guests. And, you know, we love to hear those great comments and, you know, having people respond like that. um, That's what we love about our conferences. And we heard at the conference after your presentation and others, people speculating that parametric solutions could replace some products, even like crop, which was really, really interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost, a very flattering response. So I certainly uh, I appreciate those comments very much. And uh, I similarly, of course, appreciated the opportunity to uh, to present at the conference. I thought it was excellent. It was fantastic to be back after almost two years away from uh, from the, the, the conference circuit. And uh, yeah, all of that is, is wonderful to hear. Awesome. Well, l- let's level set for uh, for our guests, right? Can you give us a quick parametric insurance 101 as it applies to agribusiness you know just explain it basically you know what is it yeah absolutely so look i think in very simple terms parametric policies use climate data to provide clients in the agriculture business uh, or with economic exposure to the agriculture business with index-based insurance. So what does that mean? That means we build an index in which clients are indemnified a predetermined amount following a climate event based on the severity of that event. So the client chooses the strike, the tick, and the exit based on their own experience in past events. For example, a client could budget uh, for five annual freezing degree day events but require coverage starting on the 6th. They could have an economic exposure of $750,000 per freezing degree day event, and they could wish to transfer $3 million of that risk, right? So that would be our strike, our tick, and our exit. We designed the structure to pay $750,000 per freezing degree day for days 6, 7, 8, and 9. After the ninth day, in this very uh, specific hypothetical, the full $3 million of risk would have been transferred. That's our exit. And uh, in, in general terms, that's that's how a structure might look uh, specifically for, for the agribusiness industry. Uh, oh, parametric right. insurance does not require physical damage to trigger coverage. Uh, parametric insurance operates on the principle of economic exposure, not specifically insurable interest, although it absolutely applies to insurable interest. It's both physical asset and perhaps in certain circumstances, more importantly, balance sheet protection. Interesting. Can you kind of compare that or maybe contrast that 
with physical crop damage and crop yields, you know, associated with, you know, uh, crop insurance? Yeah, sure. So, so look, uh, traditional insurance requires physical damage to, to initiate coverage. Um, but, but, and, and so this means, look, in principle, this means that then the underwriting is heavily reliant on historical experience. Um, but, and then you're, you're pooled for all the similar, all the similar risks. It's, it's, this is different in that we are not backwards looking, but rather forward looking. So in what historical events did you suffer significant damage from say extreme temperature, uh, and crop loss associated with, with the extreme temperature fluctuation? So how can we design a policy to respond in that specific, in that specific event? And how can we trigger coverage not off of then sending an adjuster out and going through the claims adjustment process, but rather trigger coverage based on the temperature having reached a certain uh, uh, point for a certain period of time so that we can get the funds out to the client significantly more quickly and without all of the claims friction. That's, that's really where the beauty of parametrics uh, lies, is in being able to settle our claims extremely transparently and extremely fast. Cool. You know, in your presentation at AgriCon, you talked about modeling, right? So, you know, maybe it's a little little different aspect of the traditional actuarial science, but can you tell us how that fits into parametric insurance and how that is tied with the Internet of Things, uh, satellite imagery, artificial intelligence, and remote sensors, all other things that were, you know, discussed there and I think are on the horizon for a lot of, you know, uh, farms and ranches. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, modeling is indeed everything for us. Um, so as I sort of alluded to earlier, the, the client selects the parameters of the cover and we model the probability of a triggering event occurring at a specified location during a specified amount of time. Uh, modeling and triggering coverage based on natural fortuitous climate perils allows us to have a much more accurate picture of risk. We don't have the same underwriting issues the traditional market has. So, you know, for example, social inflation and increased labor costs, they have no bearing whatsoever on our pricing and the rates we charge. Uh, and this is a function of, of, of the modeling and of isolating the most important variables and, and triggering coverage exclusively off of those variables. Uh, technological advancements in, in data collection have allowed us to input much more granular information into the models, which of course increases their effectiveness. And then technological advances most often related to increased data resolution. So this is where IoT sensors, satellite imagery, remote sensing technology, all of the things that you mentioned really come into play. And, and this allows us to minimize basis risk so that we are able to understand and trigger coverage off of a client's specific experience in a given event. Yeah, I like that. That's really, I think, interesting, you know, where, where you're not worried about social inflation, you're tagging this to and triggering this based on, um, you know, events you can really isolate as a, 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 an actual trigger and 
better information makes for better pricing and more accurate you know coverage triggers so i i think that's really cool and i, I guess i i would like your help in coming up with scenarios where you see parametric insurance is beneficial to the ag industry uh you know what what solutions are hot right now and available to agribusiness clients yeah sure you know it's um the parametric insurance in general established its commercial viability with named windstorm and earthquake as perils um but but as technology continues to improve we're able to better access these secondary perils. So, uh, you know, an example of that would be like hail, for example. Five years ago, hail data resolution was available in the best case scenario at like the countywide level. And historical hail reports were reliant on eyewitnesses. So furthermore, we could only tell you at a countywide level whether or not it was hailing. And we could only tell you it was hailing if there was someone there to point at the hailstone and say that's a two-inch hailstone. That is no longer the case, right? So we can we can use uh, satellite imagery. We can use radar reflectivity to understand what the size uh, hailstone diameter is right down to the quarter inch. And we can do this regardless of whether or not there's a person there. So um, when I think about parametric insurance from a distribution perspective. Uh, it's all about the peril. And so here, the, these are these secondary perils which are, which are coming along. Um, parametric insurance is most often structured as single peril coverage, right? So you don't buy commercial property coverage for uh, your risk. You buy parametric wildfire coverage, and it applies exclusively to wildfires. So to answer your specific question, when it comes to the agriculture industry, then I'm thinking about drought i'm thinking indeed about wildfire and i'm probably also thinking about hail tornado rainfall and and uh, extreme temperature fluctuation um then i'm thinking about what operations and what geographical areas are significantly exposed to these perils uh the folks with operations in these areas have been hammered by the traditional insurance market and they probably need a better solution uh, parametric insurance may be that solution. You know, it's interesting. We've found the conversation actually isn't always about affordable coverage, so to speak. Sometimes it's about the availability of coverage at all. Uh, and sometimes it's about the client's evolving perception of their risk and a desire to use parametrics to transfer operational risk for which they've previously been able to, uh, to, to obtain coverage for. You know, the, the truth is, if economic pain of any sort is being caused by a weather event, then there is a scenario in which parametric insurance can be deployed. Uh, the application really is that, that broad. If we've, got, if we've got a climate event and we've got third-party data available for that event, we can probably build a structure. Cool. I, that's a great answer. I like that. Uh, you know, in a, another presentation where I was the moderator, I think, and, and and we were putting a panel presentation on at AgriCon. It was about wildfires and insurance. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I think a lot of our audience members, at least from California, for example, because of the high wildfire risks for your home, were asking questions like, you know, what, what are the alternatives to the California fair plan? Um, 
you know, and and so when you just mentioned wildfire, I I really have to you know think about um, you know comparing coverage you know in the fair plan you know along with you know the limits uh, in, in California yeah like if you can get a quote it's like three million in limits but you know is that enough coverage is is that affordable coverage? Is it the right coverage? You know, three mil million in total value in other parts of the country may sound like a lot, but you know, in certain parts of California, that's that that could be not enough. So, I, understanding it's not, you know, parametric is not PNC insurance. How likely do you see it, you know, being in a solid solution with regular purchases of wildfire, you know, type coverage? Um, in in places like California, yeah. What, what's your yeah yeah no, yeah yeah no. I think it's it's a solution which um, we're being asked for more and more, and it's it's a very real problem. I mean, you've 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 got traditional carriers conditionally renewing with significant uh, deductibles in place, which uh, which they didn't previously force their their client to take. You've got carriers pulling out uh, altogether. So, so yeah, there's a tremendous amount of, of disruption. Parametric insurance, when deployed correctly, can absolutely facilitate uh, more effective placement of traditional coverage or a maximization of, of traditional coverage. Uh, physical assets normally exclusively covered by traditional insurance can absolutely be insured on a parametric basis. We think it is imperative that these programs be integrated as cleanly and thoughtfully as possible. But uh, again, doing so makes it quite reasonable that a parametric replaces at least a portion of the traditional policy. So I guess, what does this look like? For example, it, it could be increasing proactively the retention on the traditional side and redeploying the associated saved premium budget towards a parametric to fill the gap that you've created for yourself. Um, and in doing so, you're ensuring that those that, that, that initial tranche of coverage um, is paid much more quickly than it would have been paid under the prior traditional policy, right? Because we're simply triggering uh, in the instance there is a wildfire event at a given location, period, full stop. So if we're monitoring five acres of land for wildfire and those five acres burn, then we don't need to send an adjuster out and go through a long loss, loss adjustment process to, to figure that out. We simply look at the satellite image confirm that the area was burned, deploy the check and 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 get the client back up and running more quickly. So you can see how you're you're not taking on any more risk, but you're better funding the first layer of risk and you're probably increasing the overall effectiveness of the program. Alternatively, I guess it could look like replacing the entirety of the traditional policy coverage for a specific NatCat exposure. Uh, you, you do this with a parametric policy. So this approach would require that we integrate the parametric policy with the physical risk mitigation characteristics of the risk. Your structure is resilient up to a 7.0 magnitude earthquake. Great. Then we design a parametric structure which responds in a 7.1 magnitude and above, right? Uh, and ensuing loss for all of the perils associated with an earthquake event would still be insured on, on the traditional policy as they were previously. There's a lot that we can do to cleanly integrate dovetail, so to speak, the parametric primary layer with subsequent layers of traditional insurance.
Wow, that's an impressive answer. I want to get a little bonus question in here because I, I feel like our audience was kind of pushing a little bit around, you know, questioning the way maybe traditional insurers were including people in, in, in risk categories because their models or whatever said, you know, this zip code is is not good, but you know, the reality is, you know, while I'm in that zip code, I don't have any brush around my house or whatever. So it, our bonus question is, are you using satellite images or other sources of information when people are maybe contesting this or coming to you to, to fill a gap because traditional insurance is raising a price or raising a deductible? Are you at that point where you're saying, yeah, we have good information that allows us to price it this way, as opposed to maybe relying on industry stuff. Sure. Yeah, no, look, the short answer is yes. We exclusively use bespoke in-house developed models. So there's a team of of 20 or 30 PhDs in their relative field back in, in Paris. These are, you know, PhDs in um, seismology, climatology, meteorology, applied mathematics, really impressive stuff. And, and, and so they're experts in their field and they're the ones who are modeling, in the case of wildfire, the uh, ignition and propagation probability at any given point. And that takes into consideration all sorts of different variables, many of which I'm sure you can appreciate are, are very much proprietary. But we're looking at things like local burn conditions, local environmental conditions, topography uh, of the surrounding area, because fire moves much more differently uphill than downhill. So it is, it is a very localized approach. And we get asked a lot about Napa Valley and, and, and look. The rates are substantially different when you consider a location down by the river versus a location up on the river line, on the ridge line because the ridge line is is well very much being in the same zip code in certain instances a significantly different risk and so yeah we are looking at every risk on an individual basis and we are evaluating the specific exposure at that location everything we do is bespoke. Wow, great insight, Colin. I really appreciate it. We're gonna, you know, look for you for solutions in the future. Thanks so much for this time and this talk. Uh, you've helped us understand this coverage a little better, and we at Ermi appreciate the work that you and your company do to keep us moving forward and protecting insureds everywhere in North America. So thanks so much. Thank you, Joel. I uh, really appreciate the opportunity to chat today, and um, yeah, we're here to help any way we can. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and be sure to listen to all of them on your favorite podcast app. In addition, you can learn more about our free and paid resources for agri-risk insurance professionals at ermi.com. Also, we are very excited to announce the dates for our 2023 ERMI AgriCon conference. It's going to be February 5th, starting with registration and a welcome reception that evening and then two days of a conference through February 7th in sunny Sacramento. So save the date and we look forward to seeing you there.